0: You know, in order to build a successful life, you don't need a blockbuster hit. You don't need to be in front of millions of people. You don't need a million dollars. What you need is just to build a thing where you're gonna obtain 1,000, just 1,000 true fans.
1: Welcome to Remodel Your Life. shining the light on women working in the trades and remodeling their life into something better. Join a female cabinet maker in California in bringing together kitchen remodeling and working with your hands for a living. Welcome your host Camille Finan.
2: Thank you, ladies, so much for joining me today. I have an amazing guest again, Pat Flynn, who is a person who has impacted my life greatly. He's helped me become a good podcaster, hopefully. And he has also remodeled his life by going from being an architect to becoming a podcaster and a really big business owner. So, Pat, thank you so much for joining our show today.
0: I'm really excited to be here, Camille. Thank you so much. And I'm just proud of you for getting your show up. And here we are. Like, I'm on your show. This is so cool.
2: I know, I know. So you have a couple books already out, but you have another book that I'm super excited about that we will talk about towards the end. But since I have you here, and we talk about construction and design and that kind of stuff on this show, I wanted to just pick your brain about like, you know, being an architect before and maybe a couple of design tips or design principles that you think make a space beautiful or easy to live in or just like your little bit of your philosophy as an architect?
0: Yeah, this is really interesting because I get asked to speak on a lot of podcasts and it's usually about business advice and tips and I don't ever get to talk about architecture. And just a quick story, like I was laid off from the architecture world in 2008. It was my dream to be an architect and then I became an entrepreneur after that. But, uh, I still miss architecture. I loved it. i I, I didn't escape the nine to five because I didn't like it. I, I absolutely loved it. and I still miss parts of it. there's there's obviously parts that I don't miss, like sitting in front of a computer playing with cat all day. but uh, I, <laughs> I I <laughs> do I, I love the history of architecture. I love. I love spaces that have both form and function sort of working together and playing nicely with each other and and, and with contemporary architecture and, and modern architecture, that, that's a big that's a big thing, right? Having things look a certain way, but also behaving a certain way. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like just the way people move around a space mm-hmm. and how just certain forms and certain areas of, of spaces can kind of without signage even lead people down a certain path or direction and, and, I, and I also love spaces that almost tell a story uh, which which is cool too. I'm, I'm very big on storytelling and to do that through function and design is just really interesting to me. So I don't know it's just I, I could geek out about this for, forever obviously but um, yeah. it's just so fun to to talk about these terms again which i like honestly it's been years since anybody has ever asked me anything about architecture so I
2: know. i'm just no I'm thank su- you <laughs> i'm super interested um like what would be a favorite building of yours like a favorite hotel that you've stayed in, in the last year oh, and you're gosh. just like wow what a beautiful experience
0: hmm. there's so many that come to mind i mean mm-hmm. there's one that comes to mind and this is going to sound really random because it's not about the building it's it's sort of it's sort of about the location And it might seem kind of weird, but I was in New York speaking at an event in the hotel. It was literally like the most plain hotel that you could ever imagine. It was just a small box in, in the middle of New York. It wasn't anything special, but it's when you walk outside that everything became more beautiful because of the way the inside was and i think what the architect was trying to do was play on the on the idea of and i don't know who the architect is either this is the other thing about architecture you don't get credit as an architect
2: oh, yeah
0: right and and here i am helping people pass an architectural exam and, and everybody's calling me by name which is really interesting yeah. but but i think what the architect was doing was creating a juxtaposition between like the inside and and how small it is and how tight it is and then just the expansiveness of New York when you go outside mm-hmm. and and it was just kind of a, you know, I don't know if most people knew that and, you know, it, it didn't get good reviews, hmm. but I loved it because it made me appreciate the outside more. It made right. me want to spend more time outside and, and enjoy New York, which is why I was there versus just being inside. And I think that's why the, the area of the bedroom was literally the size of a bed. and. It was just kind of a cool juxtaposition and, and uh, you know, a purposeful thing that I think the architect did that made me appreciate my visit more.
2: Yeah. Well, maybe it was just like the inside was sort of bland and neutral and quiet. And then when you went outside, right, just the 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 beautiful chaos of New York City Street that just like it's like life. Right. It's just mm-hmm. like vibrancy immediately in front of you. It's and it also
0: It also made your- the window hmm. stand out so much more. Because, and you know, it almost created its own art piece within the window itself. And depending on what area of the room I was in, it it became a different piece. Right. And I imagine like every room or depending on which side of the building you're on, it could be sort of a different sort of feature again, featuring Mm -hmm. New York again, but even from your own room.
2: That's cool. That's awesome. Well, we won't get off topic because you and I could probably talk about that for hours over (laughs) over a drink or something. But another passion that you and I share is our love of education and specifically children or young people and entrepreneurship. And you've, Mm -hmm. you know, you came to entrepreneurship later, but you're obviously fantastic at it. Uh, You've taken to it really well, but I've been an entrepreneur for 35 years. It's pretty much all I've ever known. Uh, I'm completely unemployable and I love it. And I really love your concept of teaching younger people in high school and grade school about, you know, just the chance to do entrepreneurship and what that really means. And so can you talk just a little bit about like your plans with that? Or I mean, you're really trying to do some big stuff with that.
0: Uh, You know, I am. And and, and when I got laid off, it was initially just about me surviving and, and supporting my family. But then after that, it was about creating something a little bit more financially secure. And then after that, it was about, okay, well, what else can we do to help the world? And I got really into education because my kids were just being born at that time. Plus, I had the opportunity to become An advisor for an organization called Pencils of Promise, which helps build schools around the world. So actually I've built a few in Ghana, Africa. I went there to visit and just to meet the kids and the children and and the teachers there and just see what those things have done for those communities who literally have nothing. I mean, education is changing everything in those communities right now. And we also obviously need help here in the US as well because our education system is so old and archaic it's not able to keep up for where the world is today and all the new technological advances and automation and and to just even consider jobs that are being automated now. and And we're still educating for those jobs that are going to be replaced by robots. I mean, just mm-hmm. it's kind of ridiculous right now what's happening. But what's really cool is that when you have the skills of, of an entrepreneur, whether you want to become an entrepreneur or not, you will become more successful in life. And that's why I really I'm really thankful you said, like, teaching kids the the chance to become an entrepreneur because it's really about those skills that you pick up that you can then put into whatever part of life you want, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or not. I'm not here to tell everybody that they need to make their kids entrepreneurs. I'm here to tell everybody that your kids have to learn the principles of entrepreneurship because those are things like trying things, experimenting and failing and being okay with failing, using failure as learning versus when I grew up in school, it was like, I would come home with a 97% on a test, and my parents would be like, Hey, what happened to the other 3%? -hmm. And let's work for the next four hours on making sure you get everything right, not even appreciating the things that I did get right. Or it's all about grades. It's all, yeah. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's all about testing. It's all about, you know, getting into college. Do you have to get into college? I don't know, because it really depends on what you want to be when you grow up. So I think it's such an unfair question to ask kids at a young age is like, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because it's like, well, how would they even know what is possible or what their options are, what they're good at? And it's, you know, we're we're almost forcing them to pick something right away before they even know who they are and what their superpowers are. So my ideals are, number one, teaching kids entrepreneurship so they can have those skills so that no matter where they want to apply those skills, they're going to succeed. And number two, it's helping them get as much exposure to all the things that are out there so that they can have an informed real personal decision when it comes to where they want to go, who they want to be, what they want to do. Because some kids might want to pick something and college is not the answer. Mm -hmm. And others might pick something and, yeah, you absolutely must go to college. Versus me, it was like, I'm just going to go to college because that's what everybody else is doing. And now I'm in debt, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's a huge problem nowadays. So I think that education needs to change. I don't think it needs to change wholly, which is going to be a huge undertaking. I think that we can do some small things like include entrepreneurship into curriculums on top of reading, science, math, Hmm. writing, entrepreneurship. Like it should live in there too. Yeah. And what's really cool is we're starting to see a lot of schools already do this, even in the neighborhood, the the school that my kids attend, their second and third graders actually do a year long project that involves them picking a business idea, Hmm. pitching it to strangers, not selecting all of them, and having the ones that go through actually hire the other kids and so they form these little businesses <laughs> oh my and they god, have spe- it's, isn't it cool <laughs> oh my god and, it's and, so and, cute and, and so number one they're realizing that like hey they might have an idea and, it, and they might not get picked which uh-huh. is guess what real life there's real no life. participation trophy yep. but number two they form these little groups and now they, they have to learn how to work as a team uh-huh. and communicate with one another and have roles and responsibilities again at the the second and third grade level wow. and then so they have people come in to talk about you know logo design okay kids you're gonna you're gonna create a logo. Here are some design principles for logos that you can use and go for the next week and you design your logo. Then they present it to everybody. They offer feedback. They, they do prototyping of their products. They do, you know, they do surveying. They have the parents come in mid-year and and they have these like boxes that you kind of put tickets into depending on like, well, which product do you like better? Which color do you like better? So they can actually get real life feedback from real life potential customers. And at the end of the year, this results in a big fair where they sell these products for real money. And they're, they're there with their logos and they have their pitch mm-hmm. and they have their product displays. I mean, this is real life stuff. Wow. And and it's just so encouraging to see kids like work for a long time. And it reminds me of like architecture projects. These mm-hmm. things don't happen overnight, yeah. but it's like one thing leading to the next, leading to the next. Clients getting involved, design getting involved, having to make decisions on what to include, what not to include involved, working together as a team, collaborating, presentations, uh, a lot of failures, a lot of mistakes, but also just a big climax moment at the end where you're selling your thing and and it's just so cool to see these kids go through this and they're, they're already encouraged and, and it's already being applied in other aspects of their life, too, where they go, hey, there's a problem here. I'm not going to complain about it. Let's see if we can find a problem. Let's try some different solutions. Let's see what works. Let's see what doesn't. And wow, it's just it's just game changing. And I think that needs to be in every school.
2: Oh, I love it. Well, I can't wait to have you back on just to talk about that, literally. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have, I have it, kind of a similar thing with getting trades in the school and really mm-hmm. educating parents about what the variety of things there are in the trades. I think the trades do yes. a horrible job of marketing themselves, like just a horrible job. There's so much out there that so few regular good parents even know about. So it's kind of it's a similar thing. But um yeah, I just love what you're doing. That sounds amazing. And I I just love that you're really you're teaching problem solving and like a growth mindset like you're just teaching how to break down things in such an interesting way and i mean there's so many lessons in that like just i, I just love it I, right like, we could talk and, about and i'm that hopefully going to
0: use this, this platform that i've built yeah. and this large audience and these super fans that i have to help yeah. sort of launch something that i can do to help in that world and i have some ideas and, yeah. and stuff's coming soon on that that's but.
2: great well when you do another book on that just let me know or you got
0: thank you but. yeah for sure
2: And now, a word from our sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by a cash flow statement. What? Yes, really, a cash flow statement. Do you ever find yourself looking at your bank account and wondering, where's all the money? I work so hard, and seriously, I get it. I get asked all the time, how do I increase my sales and make more money without working harder? And I need better customers and I never know month to month how much I will make. I am so sick of this hustle. So with that in mind, I have created a Remodel Your Business Mastermind group. We meet in small groups of like-minded people over a two-month period, and I walk you through just how I built my very successful kitchen remodeling business over 25 years, and all the strategies that can help you increase your sales and work less. It's confidential and private, so you feel safe to ask for help and actually fix the problems going on. Because let's face it, you got into this business because you are creative and you want a life and to be able to enjoy your woodworking or construction business again. Class is forming now, so head on over to remodelyourlifepodcast.com forward slash 2x sales. That's remodelyourlifepodcast.com forward slash 2x sales. Take the guesswork out of how to double your sales in your woodworking, construction, or creative business and sign up today. Seriously, are you going to let another year go by without having a solid sales strategy to create a cash flow engine in your business? So get all the details and sign up today. I guarantee if you spend just a few months really working on your business with me instead of just in it, you will see amazing results. Head on over to our podcast.com forward slash 2x sales. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, so thanks for sharing those our love, both of our love of architecture and education for kids. But we're both building a tribe of people, people we're trying to serve and make a bigger impact in our communities. Yours is obviously much bigger than mine, but one day mine will be that way. But I love this new concept of your book called Superfans. So can you tell us like a little bit about that and sort of, you know, maybe a story around why you chose this specific topic?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things in the origin story I want to share. Number one, when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I got really inspired by an article uh, written by a man named Kevin Kelly who is a senior editor at Wired Magazine. He wrote this article called A Thousand True Fans. And it became sort of a staple, a, a mandatory reading piece for entrepreneurs, creators, artists, musicians, tradespeople, any of those people who are creating things and want to share it with the world. And this, this idea here, the thesis was, you know, in order to build a successful life, you don't need a blockbuster hit. You don't need to be in front of millions of people. You don't need a million dollars. What you need is just to build a, a thing where you're going to obtain a thousand, just 1000 true fans, because if you do some of the math and if you consider that a true fan is somebody who, for example, if you're a musician, they're going to travel eight hours to hear your set. Right. And, and wait for you backstage to get a selfie with you. That's that's a super fan or a true fan. A true fan is somebody who, if you're a content creator, they're going to absorb every piece of content that you have. They're going to buy every single product you come out with just because your name's on it. If you're a trades person, you know, with your craft, they're a collector, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and, and they, they email you waiting for your next piece before you're even finished. And and that's that's a true fan. And if you had just a thousand of them and they were to support you with $100 a year, that's less than $10 a month. That's not very much. I mean, I spent over 10K on Back to the Future stuff because I'm just a huge fan of Back to the Future. Like That's how much of a super fan I am of Back to the Future. But anyway, do the math. A thousand true fans times $100 each that's $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. That's six figures already. And so you don't need a blockbuster hit in order to create a successful life. Just build for a thousand true fans. And, and that really inspired me because it, it really made me believe that with my architecture exam website, which was the first business I started after I got laid off, that I didn't have to create something that the entire world would see, but just the entire world of people trying to study the lead exam would see. And that's exactly what happened. And the issue with uh, this article was it doesn't tell you how to make those super fans. And I didn't know how to do it either. I just knew that I just had to provide value. However, after I started this architecture exam website, and the exam in particular that I'm talking about is called the Lead exam, L-E-E-D, which stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design, a very niche exam in, in the architecture and design space. I remember getting an email from a woman named Jackie one day. And Jackie had spent a year studying for this exam and, and and failing every single time she took it. and then she finally found my guide that I had published online, and she passed the exam with flying colors. and she was just wow. so thankful that she was offering to invite me and my family to dinner, to Disneyland and all this stuff. And I was like, "Wow, this is crazy." Wow. And at the end of her email she said i'm aI'm a big fan." Hmm. And I was like, "I don't understand." <laughs> like how are you a fan?" I just helped you pass an exam like I'm I'm not a musician or like I don't I'm not an entertainer. I just created a guide to help you pass this exam like a big fan. This is weird. Well, fast forward a couple months later, I noticed that there were 30 customers about that had the exact same email address ending that she had. And apparently what she had done, what Jackie had done is gone to her boss and had convinced everybody in the office to buy my guide too.
2: Hmm.
0: And I was just like, Wow, like one person did that. Like she could have just printed it out and shared it for free with her coworkers, but mm-hmm. she wanted to make sure I got paid for that because she was a fan, because I had helped her out that much. And that inspired wow. me to to position anything that I do with with business, anytime I teach anybody entrepreneurship, focus on creating those incredible experiences and those moments in that in, in your brand that will help somebody become a super fan. Because right now in business, for those of you who 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 are running your businesses or who are trying to build a following of any kind. One of the biggest challenges that we think that we have is how do we get more people to find us, right? So we pay for advertising. We pay for yellow pages ads. We pay for Facebook ads. We right. are worried about search engine optimization and getting new people, more people, like, let's get more people. And that's lots
2: of followers, right? You have have lots tons of followers, of right? followers uh-huh.
0: exactly. all all those vanity metrics and and that's kind of important. But what's more important to me is, well, what happens when those people finally find you? If you're not offering those experiences and creating those moments that over time will help a person become a fan, then why are you like worrying so much about getting people here in the first place? And when you think about your fans and you think about where most of your customers are going to come from, where most of the engagement, where most of the people who are going to share your brand with others is coming from, it's not coming from people who just found you. Mm -hmm. They're coming from the people who you've helped in some way, shape or form, who you've created those experiences for. You can grow the brand. Guess what? By just focusing on the fans, because they're going to bring new people in at an even higher level than you can, because it's going to come with that recommendation and that trust and that real life experience, that testimonial of theirs. And so this book is a how to for Kevin Kelly's Thousand True Fans to get people from the moment they find you, the moment they start working with you, that moment they first contact you to see if if they want to hire you to get them from there to super fan status. And it doesn't happen overnight. There's a lot of things that happen in between, but this is a literally just a book chock full of how to's and strategies for getting people to just feel special having found you. Mm. And not in a way where it's like, hey, look how awesome I am, but really coming from a place of service from you to them so that in, in exchange they're gonna help you out and become a customer for life. And not only that, they're gonna share you, they're gonna be an ambassador for your brand Like their life depends on it. They're gonna defend you from trolls. If something were to happen, Mm -hmm. they're gonna be there for you. And this is so important now, especially with where social media is and where where, you know, findability is getting hard and social media is getting in the way now. If you know, it used to be something where every follower would see every message. And now algorithms are getting in the way because Facebook wants you to pay for that because they got shareholders and et cetera, et cetera. But your super fans, they don't care. They're gonna follow you wherever. Your business could shut down tomorrow and get hacked or whatever guess what, your super fans are going to be there. It's like an insurance policy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, th- sorry, I get a little passionate about, no, no, about this love topic. <laughs> um, and I think it's what we need to build for. And it's so important, especially now. My life's work is put into this. And I'm, I'm excited to just share it and, and have it out in the world for people to, to consume. And whether you're a solo entrepreneur or or tradesperson who has you know just one thing that you churn out once every quarter to a Fortune 500 company, it doesn't matter. This stuff matters for everybody.
2: So when is the book coming out then? When can we get our Uh, hands on it?
0: (laughs) Yeah, oh, thank you. Uh, The the book, uh, Superfans, comes out on August 13th. And so uh, what's really cool is I'm running a little pre-order promotion, actually. You know, a lot of my audience enjoys hearing audio and and a lot of my audience is is on the podcasting front. So I am doing a little deal where if you pre-order the book, you can pre-order it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble and even at Target. If you pre-order it and you submit your receipt at yoursuperfans.com before August thirteenth, I'm going to give you the audiobook for free during launch week. And sometimes the audiobook costs more than, than the actual physical book. So, uh, yoursuperfans.com, you submit your receipt there, and I'm just very thankful for all the support. I, I, you know, we'll see how it goes. My other book that was published in 2016, completely self-published, very, uh, you know, just like this one. Uh, went on to become a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And, you know, I have high hopes for this one, but honestly, if I make a list or not, it doesn't matter. I just want to help businesses out and and hopefully y'all feel that this is an important topic and, and I can help you with that.
2: Yeah, no, I I really think it is. I'm anybody that listens to this show knows I'm always on my pulpit talking about you know running a better bu- woodworking business and mm-hmm. you know it's it's pretty common in our field that a lot of people don't really like focusing on their business. They like focusing on the craft. Right. And I'm kind of trying to change that and bring a little bit of business, you know, knowledge and information of like what's actually working right now and um, how to improve their shops, their kitchen cabinet shops, or whatever that thing is. So. I appreciate this. I'm super looking forward to the book, and I might even, um, I might even invite a couple of the listeners that I know. I think would be really good for this. Maybe do like a group book club, (laughs) a
0: group. Oh, that'd be amazing!
2: And kind of talk about our experiences going through this because I have, you know, three different brands I'm building, and uh, I'd like all of them to have super fans. So uh, I think this is great. I I love it. I love this next step for you. So what's next for you? Like, what have you got going on? You've always got lots of things, but what's something you're really looking forward to outside of this launch?
0: Yeah, so I have my first big live event happening. I'm bringing my community here to San Diego and we have 500 people that are gonna be with me for two and a half days for an event, which is really exciting. And magic always happens when my community comes together. So I wanted to create a a sort of a bigger uh, event to invite more people to, to have magic happen. I have an invention that was just a, kickstarted on kickstarter.com this is going to seem sort of random but I invented a tripod for videographers and it did really well it made about a half million dollars in 60 days on uh, the kickstarter platform and we're in the process of manufacturing that now and and building it so you know when it comes to physical products and actually creating things I've uh, had my first experience with that recently I know a lot of your listeners have already done a lot of work hands-on and I gotta say, like it's it's a process. It's hard. It's uh, physical products are so different than digital products, and so just a shout out to everybody working with their hands there and creating like physical things that you can you can hold and carry and and deliver. Uh, it's just been a really fun experience, and you know that company is taking off, which is which is really amazing. Uh, I do a lot of things. I like to experiment, and and on my website at Smart Passive Income, what I do is I just kind of publicly share the start. And the middle and the finish of all these different projects, whether it's a win or fail, it's always a good lesson for everybody. So yeah, that's
2: um, great. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll put all that stuff in the show notes for sure. And yeah, you've got some amazing stuff. So we'll include the FlynnCon, which is your your conference that's coming up in San Diego this summer, and your. Uh, what's it called again? It's the, Uh, the switch pod, the switch pod. I'm like, I can't believe I forgot that. It's such a good name, the switch pod. And we have lots and lots of people that listen to the show that are into videography and do a lot of filming of their, of their work and have YouTube channels and all that. So we'll, funnel all of them over to you because I have zero interest in doing that <laughs> So
1: <laughs> well, thank you are you. the
2: expert we will send them your way um, and just thank you so much for your time and I'll get be getting my copy and I'll make sure a couple of my girlfriends get it and we'll go through this super fans process that you're laid out for so thank you so much for your time we appreciate it
0: thank you so much thank you everybody who listened in I appreciate you
2: for listening to remodel your life. I sure have enjoyed being with you today. And if you really like our show, we'd love it. If you would subscribe through iTunes, you can always send us feedback through email at Camille at remodelyourlifepodcast.com. And I'll see you next week.
1: Thank you for listening to the remodel your life podcast. This episode has ended, but your remodeling journey can continue. Head over to RemodelYourLifePodcast.com to access all the resources, tools, and links mentioned in this episode. Until next time, get your hands dirty and create the life you want from the foundation up. And thanks again to Blue Apron. I just love cooking with them
2: and so appreciate their support of my show.
0: you know findability is getting hard and social media is getting in the way now it used to be something where every follower would see every message and now algorithms are getting in the way because facebook wants you to pay for that because they got shareholders and etc cetera, etc cetera. but your super fans they don't care they're going to follow you wherever your business could shut down tomorrow and get hacked or whatever guess what your super fans are going to be there it's like an insurance policy if you will